Wasp attack! One more reason to avoid yard work. I'm Torn Atkinson. Holy schmidt! That sting hurts. I'm Kevin Leeson. Potter wasps! Expecto stingium! I'm Gavin Pitts. There was a lot of marketing buzz about the 1955 Chevy. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. The word origin of wasp comes from pre-Indo-European wabs or wops, uh, oh, related to the Latin racist. Vespa. That's racist. Vespa. <laughs> Vespa. Vespa. Yes. The the term wasp waist in reference to women's figures is recorded from only as far back as 1870. Okay. The fear of wasps is sphexophobia. Sphexo. How do you spell that? S p h e k s o phobia. Sphexophobia. Well, that is not easy to pronounce. Well, there's a specific no. wasp, so it might come from that. Oh, okay. The term wasp is typically defined as any insect of the order Hymenoptera and suborder Apocrita that is neither a bee nor an ant. Uh, so I read that and went, oh, okay. And then so I went, so it's a process of elimination? This yeah. doesn't sound like science at all. I, I read that and then went, okay, but what is a bee and an ant then? And I couldn't find out how they decide which is a bee, which is an ant, and then which is therefore left over as a wasp. Well, maybe we should <laughs> consult maybe. our expert who we have yeah. on Skype with us today. <laughs> well, basically, the wasp is defined as a wasp because it has the wasp waist, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which is the, the narrow bit of the abdomen, or just before the abdomen. It's got You've got the, the head, the thorax, and then the tiny little squidgy little wasp waist, which is, you know, it, it looks like it doesn't have like, any intestines. It looks like or your typical Hollywood supermodel. And then the uh, abdomen comes in after that. Plus, is there a special name for the wasp waist uh, you should know about? It's, sometimes it's called a pedicel. Uh, there is another pedicel. name, but it's slipped my mind uh -huh. now, which is great. I, I think uh, for our regular listeners, you guys will uh, recognize Gavin Pitts, our uh, you know uh, <laughs> true bug expert. And uh, what other episode were you with us on there, Gavin? Uh, flies and maggots. Yes, uh, all, yeah. the, all the gross insects. Yes. <laughs> the the true bugs and flies and maggots probably has gotten our most comment about the uh, creep factor and skin crawl factor. So. Hopefully, uh, we'll get the same effect with the wasp episode we're recording. Oh, today. there's uh, some uh, pretty gross I'm stuff pretty going sure. on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, yes, this and he always thing. laughs maniacally every time he's about to say something terribly <laughs> awful. So, another good way to identify a wasp is that they're not vegetarians like bees, and well, some ants are meat eaters, but that's uh, yeah. And most ants are not winged all the time, whereas right. okay. most wasps are. Now, I thought that adult wasps were vegetarian, but baby wasps were not. But you're saying that all wasps are vegetarian? All, all, all wasps, no, all wasps, all wasps, wasps are meat eaters. Uh, oh, right, right. At, at, at least at some point. The ones that are uh, that don't eat at all, I, I don't think, well, they're still wasps, but they only eat as larvae. But a lot of oh, them still... So they don't eat in their chewy. adult stage? Some do and some don't. It depends on the, the species and genus of wasp. Well, no wonder they don't have a problem keeping that figure. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the secret. So, like supermodels, they also starve themselves. Yeah. So they should be Hemoptera uh, uh, anorexia. That's what they should be. The ones that don't eat. 
The, the ones that don't there eat in their adult stage. So does a Vespa get its name because it's shaped like a wasp or because it makes that <laughs> sound as it, as it uh, the little scooter, the Vespa scooter? Well, probably because well, it attacks the other of cars and rips them to pieces and feeds them to its baby cars, I suppose. <laughs> oh, nice. Awesome. When you look at the Vespa, it actually does the, the middle bit where, you know, between the, the handlebars and what you're sitting on is actually super, super thin. It's just this mm. tiny little platform you put your feet on. So that's probably where they got it from. Hey, mm-hmm. and that's pet, petty means foot, huh? and you put your foot on the in on that part of the scooter, and that part of the scooter relates to the pedicel oh. of the wasp. I'm oh. so confused. I don't know what comes first, the scooter or the wasp. <laughs> I'm guessing the wasp just did before the scooter. So now what's the difference between a wasp and a hornet? Okay, so the a hornet is a type of wasp. The major difference between wasps and hornets is size and color. Wasps are about one-third of an inch, which is about a centimeter, to one inch long. Hornets are larger. Wasps have black and yellow rings, while hornets have black and white rings. Oh, I thought you were going to oh. say wasps have black and yellow rings, but <laughs> hornets, hornets have, have yellow, yellow and, and black, black rings. rings. Yeah. Yeah. Like an episode of Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation, or uh, the original series. <clears throat> Any, do you have anything to add to that, Gavin? Uh, or was no, I, right? I think you've covered everything. It's uh, yeah, you can have uh, all hornets are wasps, but not all wasps are hornets. Uh. they include the world's biggest, and uh, of of all of the ho- the wasps in the world, it's is a hornet. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. and how big yeah. is that? Uh, that's about uh, that's the Asian giant hornet, which is uh, Vespa man giant yeah. right in the title. Vespa mandarinia, uh, the most common it's one. As big as your head. The most common one is the Japanese giant hornet, which is Vespa mandarina japonica, and they're called yak killers, although they don't actually kill yaks, although they probably could if they wanted to. Uh, <laughs> they're two inches long, and they have a three-inch wing- wingspan. Oh, my God. It's a, a two- big old hornet. Oh, man. <laughs> that would freak the fucking shit out of me. It's a good appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> they call them, they're calling them micro-livestock if you can eat them. Any bugs that you can eat are now micro-livestock. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the smallest wasp, the smallest wasp is actually, it's it's called a fairy fly, but it's actually not a fly. It's a wasp. Uh, my maridae, yeah. they're a parasitoid of insect eggs. Um, they're so small oh. that some of them are actually smaller than paramecia. Uh, and they oh, can, wow. They can fly yeah. through the eye of a needle without touching either side. Oh man! Yeah, that's small. That's a big ass needle. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I've got an image that we can put up on causticsodapodcast.com of a fairy wasp at size compared to an amoeba and a paramecium. Like, so here's a picture of the fairy wasp, and right next to it, basically the exact same size as this blob of an amoeba, which is a single celled organism. And yeah, the fairy nice. fly, a complex organism, is the same size. Except up. <laughs> that's, that's pretty rad. Yeah. That, that's got to be, that has to that's be the largest. nanotechnology lar- right there. Well, that has to be the largest range of any, like, species of animal on the planet, right? That you got your wasp that is this No, there's also an long. elephant that's smaller than <laughs> the fairy wasp. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> the fairy elephant. Yeah. Got it. A uh, really cool thing about the fairy fly that they're finding out is one of the problems with having life that small is that, of course, the cell structure can't really handle it. You need to have the nucleus of the cell, and it uh, that's the thing that... Oh, boy, I'm trying to remember this. I had it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> that gets protein to the, to the rest of the, the animal somehow. It builds things. And when it changes from its larval form to its adult form, it actually 
uh, destroys a bunch of its own neurons to make space for it becoming bigger. It's got a very odd life cycle that oh, they're so still studying. it's dumber the older it gets. <laughs> yeah, 95... 95- Just like Kevin. 95% of the neurons in adult fairy wasps don't have a nucleus. <laughs> Is that good or bad? I, I, it's I don't curious. Think, it's, it, 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 I don't judge. I merely observe. <laughs> like, <laughs> wasps don't really use their brains much anyway. I've had one come right. to life in a um, scanning electron microscope and uh, be very angry that it was being shot through the head with lasers but not, not being bothered by it very much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, um, needless to say, I hope that happens evacuation to evacuation of scientists from that particular room at the time rather than try and let it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no kidding. Almost every pest insect species has at least one wasp species that preys upon it or parasitizes it, making mm. wasps critically important in natural control of their numbers. Parasitic wasps are, have been increasingly used in agricultural pest control as they prey mostly on pest insects and have little impact on crops. So wasps oh. are our friends. Wasps, well, until they get together in the, the hundreds and thousands and sting you to death, they yeah. are our friends. <laughs> Except for all those bugs they're eating that I wanted to eat. Uh, again, <laughs> micro livestock. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. We're going to switch over to an insect-based food source, and then like we got mad at the sharks for eating all the fish, we're going to get mad at the wasps for eating all the bugs. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to wipe them out. Oh, that wondrous day when we all switch over to an insect-based economy. Um, nom, 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 nom. Well, you, you probably wouldn't want them after the wasps are finished with them anyway. They're mostly just goo. <laughs> no, it's just like sauce. You put it on other insects. <laughs> <laughs> the various species of wasps fall into one of two main categories, solitary wasps and social wasps. Yep. Adult solitary wasps live and operate alone, and most do not construct nests. All adult solitary wasps are fertile. By contrast, social wasps exist in colonies numbering up to several thousand individuals and build nests, but in some cases, not all of the colony can reproduce. In some species, just the wasp queen and male wasps can mate, while the majority of the colony is made up of sterile female workers. Yeah. The males are, you know, they're not very common. The the queen will make one or two when she wants to mate, and that's that's it. It's an almost entirely matriarchal society. Wow, so she, very progressive. So she Similar makes a, bees. She makes a son and then mates with it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Ah. Wow. Uh-huh. They will do incest that. Incest is best when you keep it in the family. Insect, <laughs> insect, incest. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't incest. always. Sometimes it'll be a, a you know one from a, a rival or a, yeah a rival hive or a stranger, but usually those ones yeah. are killed. It, de- it depends on again. It depends on the species. Uh, The queen prefers the bad boy wasps. (laughs) (laughs) Bring him to my chamber that I may mate with him and then have him destroyed. Here in Western Australia, we have a major problem with uh, feral European wasps uh, because, uh, you know, our summers are much, or our winters are much milder than Europe's. Where in winter, they usually freeze to death in Europe. Over here, they just go, oh yeah, it's nice and great weather for building more nests. So they just keep building the nest. So they get bigger oh. and bigger and bigger nests. Plus, uh, yeah, they just mate with their sons to keep the nest going. Uh, it does affect the, the you know the gene quality of the the nest, but they don't care. They yeah. just keep going anyway. Uh, and so, the yeah. queen wasp is always irritable because she just constantly hears, "Mom, <laughs> I want my own nest." Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, now you said it's a feral wasp. Is there such thing as a domesticated wasp? No. Uh, we haven't domesticated wasps like we have with uh, bees because wasps are basically bees' grumpy cousin. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, they're, they're much. They, they're much too. Uh, and they don't. Firstly, they don't produce honey, so there's not really anything that we'd want from them. Uh, yeah. Secondly, yeah, they're much too aggressive. Uh, bees are much more yeah. mellow. <laughs> yeah, the, our domestic use for them is really to go kill other animal, other yeah. pest insects that right. we don't like as much, and mm-hmm. we do that by just releasing them and saying, "Go Pretty ahead, much. kill. Go really? do what you think what you do best." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It becomes this whole: we've got these pest insects, so we release the wasps to kill them, but then the wasps are stinging us to death, so we have to get the other thing to kill the wasps, and then we got to bring in the mutated cats to kill that thing, and then the giant robots, and then we're doomed. What kills wasps? Does anything kill wasps? Birds. Uh, birds are the wasps. <laughs> oh, are they territorial? Yeah. They don't like uh, other no, wasps pa- in their uh, territory? It's called, uh, with parasitoid wasps, uh, well, with the social wasps, yes, they have wars, uh, depending, you know, not just interspecies, but also the same species. If there's two nests, they'll fight. Um, uh-huh. In parasitoids, there's a thing called hyperparasitism, where you've got a, a parasitoid that parasitizes another parasitoid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it just keeps going, you know. So like the parasitoids have parasitoids that parasitize them, and so on and so on. Oh my so god, that's so. You can bad. have like a five foot deep, you know, pyramid of parasitoids, <laughs> all eating each other. So in 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 human terms, you know, every once in a while you come across a man's man, but you can come across a parasite's parasite in the wasp world. Yeah, pretty much. Just and uh, super some of them, extra duper. Some of them are, you know, like one's in the host eating the host. The other one is in the host, but it's eating the wasp that is eating the host. So. <laughs> this is like the evil version of Tribbles being born pregnant. Uh. But a, lo- a lot of a lot of parasitoids that are parasitized by other parasitoids have got a defense, uh, which is called um, uh, soldier larvae, or they're also called. Um, uh, promiscuous, not promiscuous. I should say, um, uh, precocious. Yeah, that was a Freudian. Yeah. that was a Freudian slip. Yes, there, it Gavin. was precocious larvae. I should say, develop two different types. I mean, there's, there's one larvae that's destined, of course, to be, you know mature and become a wasp, uh, pupate, become an adult wasp and fly off. Uh, there's the precocious larvae are not uh, designed to become adults. They're just designed to stay where they are. Uh, they're doomed to stay as larvae and die with the host, mm-hmm. but their sole function is to... Uh, they have enormous jaws, much bigger than the other larvae, and their sole function is to ooch around inside the host, finding other parasitoid wasp larvae and oh, kill wow. them. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a very distinct job. Yeah. You have one mission. <laughs> the, only ones they, yeah, the only ones larvae. they leave alone are their own sisters. Everything else is, is targeted. <laughs> right. The parasitoid wasp Glyptopantelles lays its eggs about 80 at a time in young geometrid caterpillars. The geometrid? Eggs, geometrid. Mm, all right. The eggs hatch and the larvae feed on the caterpillar's body fluids. It's precious bodily fluids. <laughs> when they are fully developed, they eat through the caterpillar's skin, attach themselves to a nearby branch or leaf, and wrap themselves up in a cocoon. Okay. The caterpillar still alive, behaves as though controlled by the cocooned larvae. Instead of going about its usual daily business, it stands arched over the cocoons without moving away or feeding. And what it is, is some of the larvae hatch and burrow out of the caterpillar's skin, but others stay behind to take control of its brain. Mm. The mind-controlling pupa inside manipulate the caterpillar into standing guard and protecting their vulnerable brethren outside, occasionally even forcing it to spin protective silk over them. Mm. Or in uh, an experiment, they put a paintbrush near it, and the caterpillar just started freaking out and waving around to scare away something to come and get these little uh, wasp larvae or... 
Cupa, I guess, they yeah. were at the time. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So you're actually protecting the thing that's eating you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So this is like the version of, uh, you know, getting thrown out of a bar by the bouncer and then forcing the bouncer to, like, get you back into the bar. Is that and, right? And fight everyone. And fight everyone who gets in your way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, the lineup at the bar is too long. I need you to punch everybody in the head on my way there so I can get a cocktail. And also you have to eat the innards out of the, <laughs> the, that's the right. bouncer. Of the bouncer, yes. Uh, precisely. You're turning him against his natural programming. Yeah, it's it's it would be kind of like if in the Alien movie you got the, the alien infecting in you, but you were fine with that. And when it came out, you took care of it. Yeah, like <laughs> cradling like a baby like yeah. that. That Wouldn't that make it even creepier? <laughs> like that the people became little mind slaves as they're slowly dying to the alien creatures. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Somebody alien, needs to make Alien 4. The alien films happen. are based uh, uh, largely on parasitoid wasps, which will probably get into in pop culture i'm sure <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 a variety of orb spiders known as plesiometa argyria or argyria i guess typically creates a perfectly round web for catching its dinner of other insects when an as yet unknown wasp this is about a five-year-old article so they might know by now <laughs> uh, i couldn't find any follow-up on this when an as yet unknown wasp successfully attacks a host spider the spider is temporarily paralyzed as the wasp lays eggs on the tip of the spider's abdomen once the wasp departs the spider gain, regains its ability to move and it continues its daily web construction for the next two weeks as though nothing has changed okay yeah not aware that there are some eggs riding on its abdomen. Right. Meanwhile, the wasp's growing larvae cling to the spider's belly and feed on its juices through a number of small punctures. Okay, so Ooh, bl- like juices. kind of just sucking away. Yep. Yeah. So they, they make their own nipples by yeah. piercing in and then... Little vampire larvae. On the night before the parasites kill the host, events take a bizarre turn. <laughs> Through some unknown mechanism, the larvae compelled the host spider to build a web that is very different from that which it has always constructed before. Instead of a flat, round web, the spider builds a stout, reinforced platform, which is much smaller. Once the new web is complete, the larvae kill their host and cocoon themselves on the structure. It is ideal for the task, being resistant to wind and rain, and safe from the ants that inhabit the forest floor. Mm. Oh, so they make nice. a little, uh, uh, what, what do you call it, uh, a bassinet? Uh, yeah, so there you go a waspinet there you go mm-hmm. uh this was by the way i want to give them some credit this is from daminteresting.com, which is a new site that i found while i was looking mm. around it's a pretty good one <laughs> thanks to them for that sounds content. damn interesting it is <laughs> dr william g eberhard at the university of costa rica who studies this behavior discovered that if he removes the larva on the last day just before the spider is killed the spider will often recover af- after a few days of spinning the abnormal web oh Oh. So it just kind of heals up and the mind control stops. As if it never happened. Mind control. <laughs> mind control. Well, with some of the spider hunters, if you separate them from uh, the, the paralyzed spider from the wasp, they will eventually recover a little. But uh, mm. they're, nev- they're never quite the same, and they usually die very quickly uh, of uh, something else Keep attacking them. Keep having flashbacks. <laughs> they got PTWD, post-traumatic wasp disorder. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've seen on you know Discovery or Nat Geo or one of those like great channels of a video of a wasp landing on a spider's back and stinging it, and then the the spider being paralyzed, and then it lays all sorts of eggs all over it, and the spider stays paralyzed until it's entirely consumed by the larvae. Yeah, yeah, so, they uh, usually, no, no mind they usually uh, at all. go for the the joint or the um, nerve cluster at the 
you know, where the legs all join to the middle of the cephalothorax. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then they... It's not dead, of course. They want nice, fresh prey, so they lay the egg sure. either on or in it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yes, then the spider is helpless while it gets uh, eaten alive. Fun for the whole yeah. family. Well, for just, the wasp family. Just lies there, not dying, unable to move while it's eaten from the inside. God, this takes a, like uh, this is like cannibalism where you don't the person doesn't die first, right? You take them one bit at a time. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, there's a related um, little, literally little wasp called the green jewel wasp, uh, ampelex compressor. Sounds pretty. Yeah, it is. It's very pretty. A lot of them are extremely metallic, and this one's a bright metallic green. Uh, All right. It's ampulex compressor sort of gives a clue as to what it is. It's, it's an ampule is a small vial of injectable liquid. And compressor mm-hmm. because she's just a wee little bugger. Uh, she's only a few millimeters long. Uh, they seek out cockroaches, um, but almost always the large pest ones, you know, the big red ones, the periplanetta, uh, that can right. fly around. Uh, she stings it in the brain, uh, specifically oh. in the region of the brain that controls the reflex that tells the cockroach to get the hell out of there. Uh, the fleeing okay. reflex. That's good aim. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it it's it's then uh, it it chews off half of the cockroach's antennae. Uh, which gives it a meal, uh, so that's all that she'll yeah. eat, uh, and also uh-huh. regulates the amount of venom in the roach so that it doesn't kill it. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just the right amount to make it dopey. Uh, and But the problem <laughs> with the green jewel wasp is that it's too small, uh, it's only a, like a millimetre or two, to drag a huge big cockroach back to its lair on its own. So it tugs on the antenna and guides the cockroach into walking itself into its own grave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, it, so it like... it. It like steers it like an elephant. Yeah, it's like yeah. riding its back it's, it's and just kind of like its, tugging on. It's like it's a, uh, like the uh, antennae are a leash and it's pulling on the leash and going this way, this way, this way. And the cockroach walks itself into its own tomb and then gets stung the second time and then it's not going to get out. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, uh, it's kind of like a wasp lobotomy. It's a waspotomy. I'm going to try that the next time I get into a cab. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chew off the, uh, chew off his antenna. <laughs> just pull him on the ear on one side. <laughs> So, Left here, right there. Yeah, I got it. Where do you want to go? Don't worry, I'll tug on your ears. <laughs> <laughs> and some Thank, some thankfully. wasps have gone even further, uh, and they've actually recruited a virus to help disable the host. Uh, <coughs> the the how, does one, how does one go re- recruiting a virus? Craigslist. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> or Cyrus the virus from the Con Air movie. Hmm. Yes, well... Uh, no, it's not John Malkovich. It's a, it's a, a polyDNA virus is what it's called. Uh, they're a unique uh-huh. group of insect viruses found only in braconid wasps, which are tiny little parasitoids, and ichneumon wasps, which are can be much larger. And they're the ones you might have seen. They fly around. They've got an enormous overpositor that looks like it, if it stung you, it'd be like a bicycle pump. But uh, actually, <laughs> they can't actually sting because uh, the, the overpositor is entirely used for egg laying. Uh, oh, so, okay. yeah. So they've got a uh, this mutualistic relationship with uh, this virus. Um, the virus provides protection for the parasitic larva inside the host by weakening the host's immune system and altering the right. cells of the host so that it can't insist the parasite. Uh, because uh, a lot of larvae, like caterpillars and things, uh, if they sen- if the immune system senses that there's a parasitoid larvae inside them, they'll encapsulate it with uh, blood, specialized blood cells and you know it gets blocked off from its food supply and dies of oxygen starvation. But uh, okay. the poly-DNA poly virus, which gets injected along with the paralytic venom, inhibits 
the immune system, so it won't do that. And no, it's a uh, virus. so yeah, and the virus gets a good deal out of it because, like all viruses, it needs a host to replicate, and so it replicates inside the oviducts of the female wasp. <laughs> So that it can get implanted into all sorts of other animals. See, working together is beneficial even for evil. Yeah, it's a team game. <laughs> yeah. That is, yeah, that a, is pretty a, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. And uh, some, there's debate going up at the moment whether the wasps uh, you know, sought out this particular type of virus or whether the virus just evolved from their cells. So we're not really sure yet. <laughs> mm. But it's been going on for quite some time. More grant money required. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Please, please donate nice. so we can find out how yeah. this horrible, evil, natural... Hey, it could be a cure for cancer. <laughs> could be. You don't know. <laughs> does, yeah. it, does every like grant researcher put that at the top of their application, you Possible think? Possible cure for yeah, cancer. Yeah, could be a cure for cancer. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. could well, be. think of it this way. You can't you say it's not. Inject a tumor with some wasp larvae and let it eat the tumor. <laughs> I, uh, that's just good science. And then they'll come crawling out and mm-hmm. fly away and you'll say thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you'll say thank you for a few minutes and then, you know, because they won't eat your vital organs until just before pupating. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> Well, we're going to genetically modify them so they only eat cancer cells. Yeah, but then they'll start breathing fire. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh. Uh. <sighs> that movie was. We'll talk about that in pop culture. So we're coming. I'm, I'm rapidly coming to the conclusion that wasps are inherently evil. So uh, well, no, we've uh, established. Someone well, tried to tell me evil. once that wasps sting through their mouths. That's not true. No. Is it? No. 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 no they sting. No, no. With- they don't. And they don't well, bite you. Do they? Do they wasps? They can bite. bite. You? Yes, they can. Uh, depends on the. Depends on again on the wasp. Uh, some of them can penetrate human skin. Some can't. Uh, usually, but it wouldn't the, hurt as much as getting stung. It, no, it doesn't hurt. Uh, or, most of them, what they'll do is they'll hold your skin down with the with the jaws whilst they bring the sting uh, around. So it's get like a leverage. Yep, it's like you're not getting away from me. Here comes the sting. You know, kind of thing. Right. Right. Uh, when, yeah. when six legs aren't quite enough to get a good grip, you got to go in with a bite as well. <laughs> but only female wasps. Like D and D, they cause... should have like six, seven attacks. Yeah, well, they uh, have like eight, a- nine unlike, attacks. Unlike <laughs> bees, they, they, unlike bees, they they can sting as many times as they like. You know, uh, right. you know, bees bee stings have the uh, the barbs on the on the sting, which rips them out, so they gut themselves. So it's like the, right. the bee knows it's going to die, so it's like. I don't really want to sting this bloke, but I guess I have to. Or is the wasp what sting is as, the as many times as What is the evolutionary advantage of that? Well, why do why would bees do that? Basically, the only one that matters is the queen, and so the oh, okay. yeah. So as long as the she queen survives, she doesn't lose her stinger. No, the wasp. Oh, the the queen bee doesn't have barbs on her sting. She can sting as many times as she like, and so do wasps. Ah. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, because, they and can only and they will. Only female wasps sting because the male—it's a modified egg tube, so the males don't have them. So male wasps are fine; you can handle them. <laughs> oh, would would this be a good point to do the pop quiz on the sting pain? Yeah, let's do that. All right. <laughs> so, how many people here have been stung by wasps? I have. I have. I haven't been stung by anything in a while, but I feel like I must have been stung by a wasp at some point. I was once stung. I don't know if it was a bee or a wasp, uh, and the reason for that is because it was in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm going to say, eight years old. Eating a sandwich? No. My mother said, uh, Joe, it's time. it was time to, for dinner. Mm-hmm. Joe, call your sister. We were outside playing, and she was off 
in some other yard somewhere. Yeah. And so being a kid, of course, all I did was stood there and shouted for my sister instead of go find her. So mm-hmm. I went, Tanya! And as like, my mouth is open shouting, something, a bee or a hornet or a wasp, flew into my mouth and I went, Gah! and I shoved my hand in there to get it. And when I did that, it stung my tongue. Oh, nice. nice. Straight to and the I was young room, enough. Yeah. Yeah, I was young enough that my mother had no idea if I was allergic, right? Yeah. And so she had to get me to the hospital. My dad had the car, so my mother put me in my wagon and pulled the wagon to the hospital. <laughs> All right. I would have wished there was a picture of that. I, <laughs> yeah, video. that would be fantastic. I've been stung a couple times uh, from wasps, uh, mm. just stumbling into nests. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Once on a golf course. Okay, that'll happen. <laughs> Going in to look for uh, golf balls to resell them. Oh, uh-huh. and then you go into the woods, the wooded area around the golf course, and then uh, oh, 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 god, oh, oh, <laughs> run away! This isn't worth twenty-five cents. <laughs> so now I have a pop quiz, and this pop quiz has to do with the Schmid Schmidt Sting Pain Index. Okay, mm. I've got a nice story about pain? him for afterwards. <laughs> okay, cool. This is a pain scale rating the relative pain caused by different hymenopteran stings. It is mainly the work of Justin O. Schmidt, an entomologist at the Carl Hayden B. Research Center in Arizona. So he was Irish. <laughs> o was his middle name. Uh, oh. <laughs> Schmidt first used his index in a 1984 study, uh, providing ratings for 78 species and 41 genera. Okay. All were based on stings he or associates had experienced personally. Oh, so they had themselves stung and then just so that they could compare and contrast yes, exactly. the, the pain index. All right. So this index goes up to uh, four plus. Okay. Okay. And uh, I'll give you the species. Okay. And the description. Okay. You tell me where it is on the pain index. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what one of the four pluses is. Okay. From, from zero to four plus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, zero is virtually imperceptible. Right. The okay. stinger doesn't penetrate the skin. That'll do it. That would okay. be like I'm trying to imagine a stinger just kind of hitting my skin, just pushing it in just a little, and then <laughs> stopping. So this is when they're doing the experiment and trying to get themselves stung by these stingers. That the, the just constant refrain from the scientist was, "Is it in yet? Is it in yet? <laughs> is it in yet?" I know you're tired of hearing this, but I can't feel anything. <laughs> All right. So Kevin. Uh huh. Honeybee and European Hornet. Okay. Where does it fall on the scale? Oh, I thought you were going to describe the sensation. Nope, not this one. Okay. Uh, Honeybee and uh, European Hornet. I'm going to go with a one. Joe, do you agree with that? I'm going to say a two. What do you say, Gavin? I'd say it's on the lower scale. I'd say about a a one or even a half, (laughs) if they have a half. Two point X. Oh, okay. So somewhere in the two range. Okay. Okay. All right. Obviously, uh, it's Joe an American with... study, not an not an Australian one. <laughs> yeah, that, that could that could be that could be. Uh, so we'll go to Joe with sweat bee. Sweat bee description is light, ephemeral, almost fruity. Mm-hmm. A tiny spark has singed a single hair on your arm. Are, are there sting tastings like wine tastings? <laughs> it's light and ephemeral, the oaky aftertaste. Uh, that's probably a one or even lower, like a half or something like yeah, that. That's correct. Yeah, of course. Bald-faced hornet, Kevin. Uh-huh. Rich, hearty, slightly crunchy, similar to getting your hand <laughs> mashed in a revolving door. Ooh. Oh, that, that's got to be in the three range. Three dot X. Joe? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Gavin? 
Yeah, probably a three. Two point zero. No. Oh, lower than two point zero. Lower than the So the two honeybee. is pretty painful. Hand mashed in a revolving door is <laughs> that would so be kinda two, bad. Two point X is more painful than that. I love Schmidt's descriptions. It's like he's got synesthesia. He's got uh, he's describing it like <laughs> yeah. in, like, colors and senses and it's, it's really amazing. It's like poetry right. for entomologists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, the paper wasp, caustic and burning, mm-hmm. distinctly bitter aftertaste. <laughs> like spilling a beaker of hydrochloric acid on a paper cut. Okay, I'm going to guess that's a 3 then because boy, 4 must be even cuz I can imagine worse. Yeah. I'm going to say three. Do you agree with that, Kevin? Uh, I'm go- Yeah, I'll agree with that. What about uh, you, Gavin? Yeah, I'd say a three. I reckon the only one that could a be a four would be probably one of the larger hornets or a bullet ant. So it's got to be a three. Ooh. It is a three. I know yeah. what a bullet ant is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one I know. <laughs> what is it? Four plus. Four plus for the bullet ant. Not a wasp. It's the, no, but it's the, it's worst, the worst sting. on the scale. Yeah. Uh, well, and they must have had an idea that this was going to be in the top or upper echelon. So I just keep flashing these scientists like sitting around with these like little boxes full of stingy things that they can sting each other with. And just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, just like going, oh, God, I do not want to get stung by the bullet. And like just knowing that this is going to be really nasty, <laughs> especially because you're like, oh, that one felt like I slammed my hand in a revolving door. And that was like half. <laughs> What yeah. this is gonna be. Well, the bullet ant is described as pure, intense, brilliant pain, like walking over flaming charcoal with a three-inch nail in your heel. Here's, ah! Oh, here, here's, here's the thing. How does he know what that feels like? <laughs> Was this his control group? Yeah, he went exactly. Off yeah. Putting nails in his heel and walking on hot coals just so he could compare it to the wasps I and so. bullet ants? You, you know what I would really like to know? Because there were more than one scientist involved in this study, right? So did they all have to do each and every single one, or did they have to like pull short straws to see who was going to get the bullet ant? Oh, right? maybe, yeah. You're like, oh, listen, there's no point in all of us getting stung by everything. <laughs> well, you'd have How to do about, it all so you could compare. You'd think, but this could also be a flawed yeah. study. You never sure. know, right? But uh, if, if you have to like be the volunteer for the bullet ant, you're like, hey, dude, we're going to name this study after you, so you should do the bullet ant, right? All these research assistants, is- yeah, the graduate students. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to earn your degree. The hazing. <laughs> oh, the yeah. hazing. Maybe that's what he came up with this because he's like, oh, God, I hate those bastards. I'm going to teach them what to do. Let's do a pain index. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sting, sting. <laughs> you, need some, uh, you need some money? I'm hiring students for an experiment. <laughs> uh, yeah, $12 an hour. Not going to tell you what it is. And the bullet ant at 4.0 plus is even more than the pepsis wasp or tarantula hawk at 4.0, which is described as blinding, fierce, shockingly electric immediate excruciating pain that simply shuts down one's ability to do anything except perhaps scream <laughs> mental discipline simply does not work in these situations when wow. we finally do a caustic soda tv show <laughs> we have to find some Tr- stinging things and well or a bullet ant we need to see us writhing gonna, in pain i'm gonna say right now <laughs> since there's not a bullet ant in the room that i would do that okay <laughs> I, i'd do it good i'll, I'll, you know, I'll collect I, one for you I and imagine. stand by the side and just laugh and take the last okay. pictures <laughs> for a good show i would totally do it as, as much as i don't like pain oh so of course the Schmidt index is subjective and based on limited data points. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schmidt has been stung six to eight times by tarantula hawks and just once in the forehead by a warrior wasp. 
That one's got the better name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, tarantula hawk. Tarantula hawk's pretty, cool. yeah, pretty that's, awesome. That's pretty good. Like I, my visual picture of tarantula hawk involves a tarantula crossed with a hawk. <laughs> and I'm like, look, the one advantage to tarantula is that they're on the ground and crawly, and I could easily get away. But you give them hawk wings, yeah, yeah. Yeah. big that's trouble. True. Well, the good thing I, about tarantula that... hawks is that you know tarantulas or bird eating spiders are large. They're about some of them can be about six or seven inches, so the wasp has to be correspondingly large as well. So they right, can easily, yeah. a big one, a big tarantula hawk, you can sit it on your hand, and um, right. you, it'll span your Ooh, hand. We should post a, we should post a picture of that on causticsodapodcast.com. Oh, God. I'm uh, assuming the one that stung him in the forehead, he, that he didn't do that one on purpose. That one was, yeah, uh, was accidental. Probably not. He's sitting there going, okay, where am I going to get it to sting me? How about right in the forehead? Well, no wonder it was hard to like have coherent thought at the time, right? And <laughs> that was one of his grad students getting revenge. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just chucked it at him. Yeah, threw it at him like stinger him first, and like think like a like a dart. He acknowledges the pain can vary depending on where you get stung and how much venom was injected. For that reason, he hedges his ratings with bee stings ranging from zero to two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what's your story, Gavin? Oh yes, you got a well, Schmidt story. Yes, I have a Schmidt story. It's uh, uh, will I be permitted to use the traditional terrible caustic soda accent? <laughs> Oh, sure. by all, please do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Only uh, if, I, if the story ends with me saying, holy Schmidt! <laughs> well, now well he's, he's American, so I'll attempt a terrible American accent. Uh, so, oh, good. very good. Uh, he was collecting uh, insects in the... Okay, well, sir, I was collecting insects in the Monte Verde Cloud Forest in Costa Rica, and I spotted a nest of the social wasp Parachateris fraternus about 10 feet up this here tree. So I got my plastic garbage bag out and nabbed me a few workers, and then I shimmied up that there tree for some more, you know? I mean, there's always a few that get out, and P. Fraternus is a mean bastard at the best of times, so I took the precaution of putting on my protective gear. But then them some bitches, they done scooted their hind ends underneath their bodies in the midair, and from a range of about four inches squared of their venom, straight through the veil of my suit into my eyes. There I was, ten feet up a tree, holding a bag of live wasps in one hand, blinded. I mean, it was a powerful blow to hurt. <laughs> yeah, so they don't, they don't actually need to make contact. They can actually, some of them can actually squirt it at you instead. That right in your eyes. That's awesome. Through, through yep. the veil. Oh, that North, is... North America, this is what the world thinks we all sound like. <laughs> Squirting isn't uncommon, actually. Um, giant Japanese hornets, when they're attacking a bee's nest, they'll squirt their venom and melt the bees before hey. the bees can even come fight back. <laughs> Were there any uh, wasps and hornets you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered yet? That you can talk about the size of some uh, of your local yellow jackets. Uh, we don't have them in this country, uh, f- amazingly. <laughs> now, how are, how different? But, how is a yellow jacket different from a wasp or a hornet? Well, a yellow jacket, a yellow jacket is, is a type a kind of, of uh, social wasp, so it's a paper wasp. Uh, they they, they okay. chew up uh, paper, or they chew up uh, wood and make paper and make the nests out of that. And you yeah. can have, usually you've got maybe uh, 20 or 30 female wasps. And the grubs, but uh, yellow jackets have a particular fondness for making enormous nests. Uh, there, um, there was one that I, I've provided a photo. It'll probably go up on the website. Uh, that was inside an abandoned 1955 Chevrolet, and it filled the entire car. Uh, and there Whoa. were several thousand wasps inside it. So, uh, yeah. But you can still see the for sale sign. Yeah, on the back of the car. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, they oh, that's amazing. The windows, you know, <laughs> and, it looks like a set from Alien. It looks like a just the way that the that it's all 
layered and kind of layered and yeah. ribbed and everything. It looks yeah. like. Oh, this is definitely going up on the website. Yeah, the engine, the, the engine doesn't put like a kitten. It just goes. <laughs> <laughs> but and and another one that was inside somebody's house uh, was so heavy it crashed through the roof. Uh, it was as big as a Volkswagen. Uh, oh, snap. fortunately, Jesus. no one was no one was in the room when it crashed through because they would have been quite angry, I'm sure. <laughs> well, did they like build it in the attic and then yeah, it just yeah, came it, through it, the, the ceiling? The weight was so oh, much that God. it just crashed straight through the attic. Uh, roof into you'd the think you you think you'd hear that in the course you're making your your toast or maybe they just like to play loud music all the I time. I thought it was the refrigerator humming. Yeah, <laughs> refrigerator buzzing. So what? How exactly do they make these these nests? Like, what do they do to? Is it they, just like an well, enzyme? They or go something, out. And or? They, they they go out and they chew wood. Uh, they wherever they oh, can okay. find they find like uh, pieces of wood. Uh, or trees and things like that, and they chew it up and mix it with their saliva and make a form of paper. Uh, hence, paper yeah, wasp. Um, some so of them, just like they, they, yeah, they some just of them are, that cellulose that's yeah, in the wood. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, you know, they they don't eat it. They just hold it in their mouths and and make a little paste out of it, and then it hardens into the papery stuff they use. Has anyone tried to make some kind of evil grimoire out of paper wasp paper? Mm. Like a tome of, of, of bug spells? Insect spells? It, it would be good to do like a, a, necrocomu- a necro-cockroach-micon with it or something, but no, as far as I know, no one's done it. Oh, <laughs> but, um, that's my next big project. But you've got things like potter wasps uh, and mud dauber wasps, which are, um, you know, they're solitary and spider hunters, and they use mud. And uh, so right. they'll fly around mm-hmm. grabbing soil and mixing it with their saliva. Uh, I've seen some potter wasps here in uh, Western Australia trying to cut up the middleman by uh, going hanging around construction sites and taking uh, concrete and cement from cement mixers. Uh, oh, nice. Oh. Uh, <gasps> the problem with that is that you know the larvae can't get out uh, when it hardens. Oh. So and also, <laughs> also the wasp uh, herself usually gums up her mouth parts and she'll die of starvation afterwards. I have. I thought that was being clever, but it turns out it's a terrible idea. Yeah, but I, when I when I, a couple of times when I saw them doing that, I um, did little um, uh, uh, hymenopteran ER and went, took them over to a tap and washed their mouth parts <laughs> out so that they couldn't, you wouldn't starve. And uh, three of them were appreciative, and another three or four were not so appreciative and stung me. The little ungrateful bastard. Uh, of course <laughs> they did. How did it rate on the Schmidt Index scale? Oh, I'd say about a three. <laughs> okay, all right. I've so, been stung uh, by quite uh, a few. How, how many times have you been stung, Gavin, in your best guess? Mm, probably about ten, I'd say. Not not as many as you'd think, but right. uh, you because know, I'm not crazy enough to handle them. It's just yeah. like, except when I'm cleaning them off cement, of course. <laughs> I probably got stung ten but, times yeah. just from that one nest that I wandered into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. When I was a kid, I, I like um was like, uh, still into insects and things, so I was like, hmm, with my brother, look, there's a paper wasp in there, throw this hammer at it so we can have a look, and he did, and uh, so then it was like, run! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I had a, uh, I lived in a place that in the backyard, we sort of noticed that there were always these wasps hanging around, and so uh, one, one of the guys was sort of sitting up on the porch, and he realized that they seemed to be coming and going from a hole in the ground. <laughs> so we uh, were like, oh, well, here's what we'll do, we'll block the hole off, and then we'll go off in somewhere else, right? <laughs> And uh, so we took this ice cream bucket and we uh, we jammed it into the hole in the ground. And uh, in about 10 seconds, there was an angry swarm of like 50 wasps <laughs> like hovering above this, trying to get into the little hole in the ground. And the, the cloud of wasps was getting bigger and bigger. And 
then buzzing furiously and now making us all very scared with the like loud buzzing noise. So then we like did a rock, scissors, paper, decide he was going to go over, run past and kick the uh, ice cream bucket off the wall <laughs> so they could go back to being normal and we could just like notice a, you know, a, a, a fair share of more than our fair share of wasps in our yard at times. So I lost. So I had to run through the cloud of wasps and kick the ice cream bucket off. No stings. I oh, think I saw that I episode of Jackass. <laughs> yeah, I think I just would have walked away. Well, that'll sort itself out eventually, I hope. <laughs> we kind of felt like they were going to start like just uh, flying around our yard and stinging things just out of like pure spite.
In the news. Take it away, Gavin. <laughs> well, there's a, a tiny little uh, parasitic wasp that's parasitic on uh, Diptera, the true flies, which we've talked about before. And uh, uh-huh. it's named, uh, you know, lots of scientists like to name various, you know, like some one, there's a wasp named after the Grateful Dead, there's a wasp named after Elvis Presley. <laughs> this one is named oh, God. Uh, yeah, this one is named after a fictional Lovecraftian god, or the fictional Lovecraftian god. It's Nano Cthulhu Lovecrafty. <laughs> Why would they name it that? Well, uh, apparently, uh, well, uh, Cthulhu is described in the Call of Cthulhu by Lovecraft as having a pulpy, tentacled head, uh, and the mm. Clypeal Fushina um, in the uh, around the wasp's head is similar to, or he thinks the the Discover of the wasp is similar to uh, what Cthulhu looked like, so it, it's oh, it's okay. it's various mouth parts and its antennae look kind of like uh, Cthulhu rising and you know kind of tentacle-ish. Yeah, yeah okay. pretty much, kind All of right. sorta. <laughs> Even yeah. though it's only a nice like, big picture here, it's a teeny weeny little thing, so it's not going to tower over and destroy humanity at least not yet. Anyway, <laughs> well, it's yeah. all relative. It will towel over the fairy flies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, all these photos appear to have been done on like an atomic microscope yeah, or electron whatever, microscope. electron microscope. So, you know, we'll put all these on the website, of course. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's got a uh, definitely funky mouth parts. <laughs> and Cthulhu had wings. Mm-hmm. True enough. But bat wings, though. Yeah. Okay. And it is terrestrial. It doesn't live at the bottom of the ocean dreaming uh-huh. for when it returns. Waiting for the stars to come around again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the rise of... Or the giant paper hive will rise out of the ocean. <laughs> April 2013, Spain. Police in the Spanish city of San Sebastian de la Gomera have cordoned off an abandoned house after finding a 22-foot, that's 7-meter, long wasp nest. As Think Spain reports, officers were called to the scene by concerned neighbors. The massive nest is located in a hallway and may contain millions of wasps. Hmm. This was the abandoned uh, attempt uh, at a sequel for Up. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get enough wasps in it that it'll actually take flight. Up for the entomophiles. Experts say that the common wasp found in Spain could never build a nest of this size, leading them to think that it's an invasive species from Africa. Oh. The, here's here's the creepy bit at the end. The police have not been able to find the owner of the house. Ah. <laughs> oh, perfect murder. A callback to our perfect murder episode. Just put enough wasps into somebody's house that they'll eventually get stuck. Oh, yeah. He's being mind controlled to go buy them nectar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to, to I go, will go have, bring them caterpillars. You know, I will have seven pounds of caterpillars, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I am a, a perfectly story... normal human being. How are you today? <laughs> in, uh, Gavin, in your story, is it Stephen Hawking that's been taken over? <laughs> <laughs> well, his voice does sound like that because of all the wasps inside. Yeah, no, right. just this weirdo, like, he's buzz, just humming. It's kind of like... his larynx doesn't work. It's wasp buzzing, and yeah. then he forms shapes with its forced he's... shapes and sounds with his mouth. He looks like he's walking, but he's just like a, a few inches off the ground. <laughs> that's right. It's weekend at Buzzies. <laughs> The previous biggest nest in the last 50 years was discovered in the attic of a pub in Southampton, Hampshire in 2010. Measuring six feet by five feet, the nest was home to an estimated 500,000 wasps. Oh, so only half a million. Mm. The average common wasp nest contains about 4,000 to 5,000 wasps, but colonies have been known to reach populations of 20,000. So this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, no kidding. 
I've got a couple of wasp attacks that are big and just randomly scary. Uh, one from 2002. Keystone, working around his home off Lake Glass, gave 83-year-old Albert Wellner a sense of independence. Just to be safe, his wife of 52 years would check on him frequently. Mm -hmm. Late Monday morning, Wellner was clearing woods near his dirt driveway when he disturbed a large nest of yellow jackets nestled amid pine needles. He was swarmed. Swarm. What? About 30 minutes later, his wife Eleanor found his body near the riding mower about 150 yards from their house. Wellner had been stung hundreds of times, Hillsborough County, Florida Sheriff's deputies say. After the attacks, authorities immediately contacted John Simpkins, an entomologist who owns Insect IQ, a Tampa pest control company. And he says, I don't even know what a Florida accent would be like, so... <laughs> Go hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> They were still swarming in a tornado-like fashion around the lawnmower, oh, said Simpkins, tornado. <laughs> who estimated there might have been 10,000 wasps in the underground nest. Simpkins thinks that the noise and vibration of the lawnmower provoked the attack. The nest was agitated, he said. There were probably 2,000 on the outside of the nest all over the palmetto fronds just waiting to attack. It was unbelievable. And he uh, took about 15 minutes, apparently, just to remove and remove the nest and kill the yellow jackets. So we're pretty good at killing them when we put our mind to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a uh, Gavin. Uh, if you're not allergic to stings, how many stings would it take to kill you? Like an average human being. If you're not allergic, you would... probably, yeah. I'd say several thousand, uh, depending on... D depending on the species and depending, probably several hundred to about a thousand would kill you. Uh, but people w with allergies, I mean, if you're allergic to bees, you're also allergic to ant stings and wasp stings, and one can kill oh. you. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. University of Florida researchers say that it takes about 1,500 stings to kill an adult man. Okay. Simpkins, the expert from Insect IQ, uh, also worked on another yellow jacket attack that proved fatal. In September of 1998, two-year-old Harrison Johnson died after being stung hundreds of times by a swarm of insects in the backyard of a friend's Tampa home. Oh. Here's the thing. Uh -huh. His parents said their son did not show overt signs of needing medical attention until seven hours after the attack. An autopsy determined Harrison's brain had swollen from an undetermined amount of venom caused by 432 stings. 432 stings on a two-year-old. Do you even no have wonder. that much space? Yeah. Is yeah. yeah. sting in the same sting hole? Like, here's the thing. They probably didn't show an overt sign because he puffed up all over so much that he looked like proportionally Oh, he's just right. having a growth spurt. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the couple was actually investigated for wrongdoing because of this, because he'd been stung so many times, and I guess they didn't take him to the hospital. Yeah. Because they like, were like, well, he seems fine. He's been stung. And then seven hours later... Yeah, but like like your mother didn't know yeah. if you were allergic or not. Yeah. Like if your if your two year old is stung by a single wasp. Yeah, yeah. I'm not allergic to uh, wasp stings unless there's a hundred thousand of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm allergic to four hundred and thirty two wasp yeah. stings. Evidently, uh, yeah. No, this this does this this is starting to sound like a, uh, a an after term abortion. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, this kid's a pain in the ass. There's some wasps in the backyard. Go play with the wasp nest, kid. <laughs> Ah, he'll be fine. Yeah. The couple were ultimately cleared of wrongdoing. Oh. Well, I, the you know, it, it's down. pretty easy to judge them past performance. Because they but, didn't see the little and we wasp don't know shrine everything. in the basement. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> All hail, bzzzor. It would have been hard to convict the wasps anyway, with putting like thousands of them in tiny little electric chairs or something. <laughs> First, they have to do all put them in the tiny handcuffs, and then yeah. do all that tiny paperwork, and then and uh, the executioner has to uh, wear goggles because they're going to be like trying to spray venom as he's strapping them to the chair. As part of their punishment, they have to make their own paper for us to do the paperwork. <laughs> ah, yes. 
Perfect. And, that, and then it just never gets done. <laughs> 2004, Fort Wayne, Indiana. A retired zoo director died after he was stung about a thousand times by European yellow jackets when he fell onto their nest from a ladder while cleaning windows in his home. Okay. Earl Wells, 75, had been in a coma at Lutheran Hospital since the attack, and he died shortly thereafter. He was the director of, he'd been the director of Fort Wayne's Children's Zoo from its opening in 1965 until his retirement in 1994, and had served as a consultant in the design of other zoos around the country. European yellow jackets swarmed wells when the stepladder he was standing on to wash windows collapsed onto their underground nest, the zoo said in a statement. He was unconscious when paramedics arrived. He suffered cardiac arrest in the attack and remained in a coma after being resuscitated. This is why I don't wash windows. Oh, there you go. A perfect rationalization. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, wasting can be fatal. I've seen it happen. I'm sure there's lots of news of people being attacked. Stung by to death. Absolutely. Stung to I think death, it's just but... great that this, like, uh, the zoo director and professional consultant gets taken down by an animal. Yeah, and just by like, you're out in your back, you're washing some windows. You don't think that your life is in any kind of danger. I mean, here's the thing. When you started out the description of the guy, I totally thought it was going to be like at the zoo yeah. or something, right? <laughs> I know. Where they like, you know, have a, a wasp colony that they, are, you know, have that people could press their face up against the glass like an ant colony and check it out. And somehow he fell in there. Right. Right. Zoo director, lions, tigers, bears, survives, retires, <laughs> wasps. Dies from wasps. In his backyard. In his backyard. Yeah, well, they're sneaky. They, 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 they come when you least expect it. Like I said in the break, you know, I got stung in a movie theater. So, you know, we're, we're, they can just get surprise wasps are the the undiagnosed killer. I think. <laughs> oh, I've been I've been stung in a movie theater lots of times, but I thought it was part of that 4D experience that they've got now, where yeah. they, the chair vibrates and they splash your face with water, and <laughs> they bring in a bunch of wasps to sting you during the wasp they, scene. They are I, just desperate to get people in seats these I days. I think you should stop going to that theater, Doran. This does not sound like a place that fun times happen. Pop culture. Uh huh. Did anybody watch the Hunger Games? We've talked about it before. Yeah. Well, in the Hunger Games, there are a, a mutant wasp called Tracker Jackers. Yeah. Yeah. They've been genetically engineered. Mm-hmm. Uh, tracker Jackers are genetically engineered wasps conceived and created in the capital. They are genetically coded. I don't know what that means mm-hmm. to attack anyone or anything that disturbs their nest. Oh, so like wasps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and. And not only that, when they sting you, they cause hallucinations yeah. oh. until they cause death. Yeah. Well, uh, once they make a person their target, they will follow him or her far away from their nest, unlike natural vespids. Tracker jackers look like normal wasps, except for their larger size and golden coloration. One or two stings can cause powerful hallucinations, but several stings can lead to the death of the victim. Yeah. All I mean, right. this was one of my, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't a fan of the first Hunger Games and so I probably yeah. will not watch any of the others and this was this sequence was the one of the dumbest sequences in the whole yeah. movie yeah that where she was up a tree and then all these people who are trying to kill her are camped out at the base of the tree yeah Right, and uh, they fire two arrows at her and miss both times, and then decide, well, we'll just wait around, and wait for her to come down. Yeah, they all go to sleep without leaving a single person sentry. I think they did have one. No, no, they no? were all asleep, oh. and, uh, and so she she sawed a uh, branch off and dropped this thing onto one of the girls who got stung to death. Right. Yeah. And, and the rest all run and, and the rest flee. all run away and she gets stung by two. So she is trying to flee, get run the other direction, but it's hallucinating. And, yeah. you know, uh, uh, it's it was just an absolute patently ridiculous sequence from beginning to end. There was nothing that made sense about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. 
And it's the kind of thing that you could just solve easily, like make yes. it so that they're out of arrows or make it so that she's protected from them somehow. She's found a hollow in the tree. Well, no, remember, that's how she got her arrows, right? She came right. down because the girl who had the bow and arrows was dead and then oh, she yeah, had yeah. them, right? Yeah. So they need that convenient plot manipulation <laughs> yeah. in order for her to actually get the weapon that she was most... They needed to give a good story reason for them to give up and there yes. wasn't one. No. It was just like, well, the plot calls for us to stop trying to kill you and wait here, so and we'll I'm, do that. I'm kind of curious as to how they treated it in the book, but I don't want to actually read any of the book to find out. Yeah. So <laughs> if any of the caustic soda jerks out there would like to let us know how exactly this all played out in the book and whether it was as stupid, <laughs> less stupid, or more stupid, uh, I'd greatly appreciate it. If anybody wants to uh, read us aloud and record <laughs> the segment from the novel uh, with this Tracker Jackers, yeah, you can, we will accept that. You can email us a, 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 an MP3 or a link at uh, info at causticsodapodcast.com. 1959's Wasp Woman, or The Wasp Woman. I think we all watched this. I watched it. You guys watched Did you watch it together? We did indeed. I watched it this morning, yeah. (laughs) The founder and owner of a large cosmetics company, Janice Starlin, is disturbed when her firm's sales begin to drop after it becomes apparent to her customer base that she is aging. Oh, no. Directed by Roger Corman, so you know it's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically about how women are better if they're young and pretty. Well, no, it, 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 it's basically about a woman who starts a cosmetics company, once she gets old, can be forced out of her own company yeah. for some reason. Yeah. It, it's basically they, the they fly. Have a board meeting. It's basically the fly with boobs. That's what it basically is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Uh, scientist Eric Zinthrop has been able to extract enzymes from the royal jelly of the queen wasp, which wait, wait, uh, they don't it, make. They don't make royal jelly? Wasps no. don't make royal jelly? No, no. only bees. What is royal jelly? Royal jelly is the substance that uh, bees secrete. So the queen doesn't even produce it. The queen mm. is fed it. Uh, the wor- workers produce it. Uh, and it makes uh, all bees get it for the first day or so of their life when they're grubs. Uh, then they're stopped and fed honey. Uh, but the ones that are going to be queens are fed nothing but royal jelly. And that gives them fertile ovaries and, and makes them into a queen. But uh, yeah, wasps don't produce it. <laughs> Okay. A terrible plot point of number one. <laughs> well, right from the start. I mean, the title zooms in over a nest of bees. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the wasp woman, and then they show a nest of bees. You don't actually show any wasps in this movie. No, no. no. They do show a fair amount of bees. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, apparently, so they tried start- to uh, tried to cover up uh, a few in a few countries, or a few uh, years later, they retitled it as the Bee Woman. And I was like, nice try, Corman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Starlin agrees to fund further research provided she can serve as his human subject because he says that this royal jelly from these wasps can reverse, reverse the aging, aging process. Yeah. Which it does. Which it, in, the sh- in the movie it does. Displeased with the slowness of the results, she breaks into the scientist's laboratory after hours and injects herself with extra doses of the formula. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right, the scene right before that, he says, he points out he's got this other thing he's been working on that's in the fridge. But he says, listen, it's too powerful to use as an injectable like we're experimenting with you on. Yeah. So I want to use it just for lotions and topical uses right. because right. it's the good stuff. It's like the <laughs> undistilled, like purest of the pure. So, of course, what does she do? She sneaks in, goes straight to the fridge and injects herself. I've got to be even younger. That yeah. five minutes earlier, he told her, never, never inject this because <laughs> yeah. it's too powerful. She sheds 20 years in a single weekend, but soon discovers that she is periodically transformed into a murderous queen wasp. 
<laughs> yes. Which is basically a mask. Now, yeah. thankfully, this movie is only 72 minutes long. Uh, so that is definitely the best thing about it. Yeah. But they don't get to the Wasp Woman part no. until, what, 50-something minutes? Yeah, about minute 10 minutes 54. before the end. Yeah. yeah. Minute, minute 54 was the first appearance of the Wasp Woman. And it's just, it's compared to the poster. The poster looks awesome. <laughs> it's like a wasp with a woman's head. Yeah. Yeah. But in the movie, it's yeah. just her with a mask. She's exactly the opposite yes. as she appears on the poster. The poster is a wasp with the right. head and hands of a woman, and she's a woman with the head and hands of a wasp. So. Yeah. 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 But she does bite people on the neck. Yeah, yeah, like yes. a vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's one really the good throat ripping in it. Uh, apparently, yeah. uh, she had to keep chocolate syrup in her mouth uh, while she was doing oh. it to simulate blood because it was black and white, of course. I was hoping for a scene where she would deposit her ovipositor <laughs> into someone's body. And oh yeah, and have little larva. baby, little baby wasp people <laughs> would chew their way out, but that didn't happen. Yeah, well, you never actually see any of the dead bodies ever again. Once they're killed by the wasp woman, they seemingly disappear. Even though the whole thing takes place inside of an office building that you know she's never seen dragging a well, body. Well, I, I assume she yeah. ate them because that's what a real wasp would do. So true, but there are bones. She would eat the bones too. Mm. You think? Oh, well, she just in the just, corner. They're swept just, in the corner. I just love the fact <laughs> that the two heroes, and I use that term loosely. Yeah. Uh, the two heroes decide that these uh, um, these two people, one of the corporate executives and a nurse, have been murdered because they find his pipe and they find her jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how they all, they they literally go. He would never leave his pipe behind. He must be dead. He must. Like, be. That is literally the line in the movie. Yeah. He would never leave his pipe behind. He must be dead. <laughs> I think there's one in the middle, like, but we haven't seen him here. Yeah. So he must, must be, be dead. dead. Yeah. And she's like, you can ass- oh, my God. Yeah. You can assume the same thing if you ever find my iPhone lying around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, you know, it's that one time that you misplaced it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess that's possible. But, but I guess tobacco is pretty addictive. Now, if we did, we were making fun of the fact this guy was never, uh, he always had this pipe. And we were joking about uh, about these this this guy and his ever present pipe. So that everybody one, smokes in this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that one kind of made a little bit more sense. But the nurse leaving behind her jacket, so she must be dead, was a leap of logic that I can <laughs> yeah. I have a hard well, the, time grasping. The jacket had the, epi, the, jacket had the epipen with the anti venom for the wasp stings in it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Of course, how ironic. <laughs> uh, now, now it's there, awful. Now there's a uh, Gavin. You said there's a 1995 remake. Yeah, there are two actually. There's one that was made. Uh, it's uh, it was remade again as Rejuvenatrix in 1988. Uh, that's basically very gory, and there's not any really wasps in it. Uh, but it's the same oh, plot line. Wow. But it was officially remade again by Corman in 1995. Um, oh, do over. Yep, he did it again <laughs> yeah. uh, with Jennifer Rubin, who was in Nightmare on Elm Street three, um, and as the Wasp Woman. The plot is identical. Oh, and, yeah. um, uh, the effects are, there any, do they, are very good. Do they put good. any wasps in uh, it this she time? She actually, instead of just turning into a wasp, uh, you know, with the head and the hands, she turns into a full-blown giant wasp, uh, including oh, including the abdomen, which I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, and she, uh, but and the suit is incredible, but the film is terrible. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, uh, when your source material is terrible, it kind of makes it hard to make a good movie. Yeah. Uh, out of the source material, actually, oh, she does have boobs in the oh. uh, in the thorax as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, okay, I, I found a picture of uh, it's actually a guy in the the costume, and it is fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. That is a that is cosplay and a half. Holy cow! Yeah. Actually, Jennifer uh, Rubin. Yeah, it, <laughs> Jennifer Rubin. She's on my Facebook friends list thanks to Nightmare on Elm Street three, and uh, 
she asked me, um, you know, what I thought of it, and I was like, you know, I had to be Mr. Tact. You know, I was like, I just said, uh, you were great in it. <laughs> like, yes, uh, and did you like say- it? Uh, you were great in it. <laughs> yeah. I do love the boobs. It's the wasp with boobs. That's right. Yeah. 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 The the carapace doesn't quite cover where her cleavage is, of course. <laughs> well, it is a Roger Corman movie after yeah. all. I mean, it might be 1990. You can take the, the, the movie out of the Corman, but you can't take the Corman out of the movie. <laughs> this is fun. The, the young guy in the costume with the boobs on it is also another level of hilarity. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely putting these images on the website. Yeah, this is hilarious. absolutely. I wish I had seen this one. But uh, what did you see instead? I, I watched 2012's Dragon Wasps, <laughs> starring like Corin Parker Lewis Can't Lose Nemec. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. I, let, me, let me say what it was about first. When her father mysteriously disappears on an expedition, beautiful entomologist Gina Humphreys and her fiery assistant Rhonda set out to search the rainforests of Belize. Due to numerous robberies and assaults in the jungle by cocaine smuggling voodoo gangs. I'm not kidding. Okay. They are escorted by heavily armed soldiers. Guerrillas led by the famous Jaguar, that's the voodoo smuggler, Uh uh, ambush the convoy and incite a bloody shootout, which involves uh, one group of people shooting off camera and another group of people then in their shots shooting (laughs) off camera. It's terrible. Right. Uh, Just when things can't get worse, a horde of murderous dragon wasps, massive (laughs) flying bugs that shoot flame from their abdomens, (laughs) swarm the soldiers. Now the military must defeat jaguars, bandits, and survive the fearsome insect onslaught Ooh. as they venture inside the dragon wasp's hive. Oh, so what's so the origin of these dragon wasps? Like, where do they come from? Is they, it, do they explain it? Yeah, Supernatural yeah. or genetic mishap? Ge- genetic manipulation. Purposeful genetic manipulation. Uh, they wanted uh, to make some kind of uh, super attack soldier Surely a giant wasp uh-huh. would be enough, not just one that... But why make free fire? I mean, all it has to do is sting you and you'd be dead in about a second with a, a sting like that big. Yeah, the only reason, wasps. the yeah. only reason they breathe fire is so they can call the movie Dragon Wasps. That is my <laughs> theory. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Every single time that these things shoot their fire out, it is immediately followed up by them grabbing and flying away with the person that they hit with the fire. Uh-huh. So the fire was worthless. They could have grabbed them and stung them and flown away. Uh-huh. But, but they instead they go... Uh, actually, they don't even kill them, which is, that's a weird thing. They sometimes set people on fire, grab them and fly them away, but later on they go into the nest to try and free everybody. Oh. Because they're being... They're just hoarders. They're, they're well, they're, they're human the hoarders. They're parasitoids, so they're <laughs> planting their eggs okay. inside okay. everybody's heads. So like alien. All right. Okay. And there are a few shots of the wasps pro- popping out of people's heads and faces, and one <laughs> where, one where, oh my goodness, it's coming out of her mouth, and she's going, ah, and her friend goes, I'm so sorry, and then shoots the... The wasp coming out, coming out of her mouth, which might not kill her, yeah. but shooting the wasp and through her face certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie is so dumb. <laughs> so, so dumb. Well, we watched, I, did, I didn't watch the movie, but I watched the trailer yeah. uh, before you watched the movie, so I knew it was going to be dumb. Uh, I don't think there was any question that it would be dumb. So <laughs> you saw the trailer with me too, so what made you think it might not be dumb? Well, I just kind of hope that at least it would, you know, be a fun B movie romp <laughs> right. that wouldn't make me. Uh, it's not a B movie; it's a wasp movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's get our terminology straight. Here. Yeah, well done, sir. Uh, but it is. I can only blame the director for every single performer being terrible. Mm. It, there's no way 
there's no way you can have a movie where not one person delivers their lines well unless the director goes no can you do it like this yeah. I want you to do, come on really show me that you're a gung-ho military guy <laughs> in every single scene like Corin Nimick, everything he does is the most important thing he says, and he's a total badass. <laughs> I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, it's... I, dude, levels. you got to have some... There, There is one way that you can leech all the subtlety out of here that might not necessarily be the director or the actor's fault. Okay. You have 10 days to shoot the movie. Oh, yeah. And you rewrite the script for the next day, every day the night before, and give the people the pages, like, as they show up to work the next morning, and say, learn all, learn all these lines for today. This sounds like something you might have Could some be. experience with. I may have seen it once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've seen this sort of thing firsthand once or twice. It makes it very difficult for people to actually like, you know, make creative decisions. They're just like trying to get the words out. Right. I, I've seen improv better, though. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're not necessarily and, hiring improv uh, actors. And I know that some of these performers have probably done some good work. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, Cornemic was Mansquito. <laughs> but he was also Parker Lewis and was pretty good in that show. As yeah. a kid, how mm-hmm. do you get worse... I I don't know. I <laughs> like as I was watching it I kept thinking is this worse than Evil Bong? <laughs> right, for a marijuana episode. And they're bad for different reasons. The mm-hmm. thing is in Evil Bong it was a bad movie because it was just terrible and uh, like the written badly and there was no story, but at least the characters were like characters mm-hmm. and you were like, "Oh, that's the funny guy and this is this guy and that guy." And even though their performances weren't great, you at least recognize them as characters right archetypes in, in this movie everybody's just a person saying lines like <laughs> except corn Nemec, who is i'm the badass military commander who makes terrible decisions every single scene I but fri- i'm still the one you're all going to listen to i have a facebook friend who was uh, in evil bong as well so it's another case of you were great oh, in it oh my god you were great in it <laughs> i think i have to say this is slightly better I'm going to say Evil Bong is a 1 out of 10, and this is probably a 2, uh, Okay. <laughs> simply because there are a few shots that look very nice, and uh-huh. they did shoot it in Belize, right? so it's not just a terrible set or, you know, a little forest <laughs> near where they were filming. Yeah, they were actually in the jungle. Yeah, so that's right. okay. The, the The cover of the DVD looks good, I guess. <laughs> These are, this is me reaching. <laughs> so, Gavin, what about you? You got a, a favorite Wasp movie? Mm, pro- well... Probably Black Swarm is uh, that's one that's a B movie that well a wasp B movie <laughs> that is actually good uh, well, good oh it, yeah yeah it's it's not bad uh, anyway good ish uh, yeah 2007 uh, it stars Robert England um, so oh, right. yeah oh, Freddie uh, as so hold on let me guess the plot let me guess the plot mm-hmm. he straps wasps to the backs to his fingers and stings <laughs> people with them. No, no, he's a, he's a, um, and he was burnt in a, a fire. And he gets them in your dreams. He's a well-meaning entomologist who, uh, for some reason, decides to make, uh, well, decides to make a bioweapon uh, out of wasps. So uh, he makes them more angry, uh, yeah. <laughs> larger, of course, not too large. They're still only small, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. then they escape and start killing people. And uh, the, well, they kill some people, and other people they turn into mobile hives. So uh, oh, they're like oh. wasp zombies, and uh, oh, that's awesome. That's mind interesting. Control. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And so they wander around and like scream, and the, all like thousands Shoot, of wasps, wasps come out of their, their mouths, mouths and things. And yeah, it's not <laughs> too bad. Of course, uh, as usual, the, the the prettiest guy in the cast dies first, uh, which always oh. always seems to happen in horror movies. I don't know why, just to frustrate me, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, and and Robert England is is basically. Uh, 
most of the others are cashing a check, but Robert England is just like, yeah, I'm doing this, yeah, kind of thing. But yeah. Hey, so here's my question: if he if he's a well-intentioned entomologist, exactly what was the well-intentioned purpose of these larger and angrier? Zombie creating wasps. Well, he's uh, he's got well and good intentions for the wasps, not necessarily for people. You know. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> we want to make you bigger, better, stronger, faster. Yeah. Well, okay. So now he's just like, oh, I think the dominant species on Earth should be wasps. Here we go. I'm going to help them make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I also watched the Doctor Who episode, The Unicorn and the Wasp. Yeah, that's a good oh. one. Which actually, it's pretty a pretty good episode. What's really cool is they Who's go the back. Doctor? Uh, the doctor David is uh, uh, David Tennant. And okay. Donna the, uh, is the companion. 10th doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Donna's the companion, and they go back to, uh, boy, I don't want to say what the year is, but Agatha Christie is alive as Agatha Christie. Yeah. Uh, and they end up in a mansion, and a, there's a murder mystery and things oh, like that. that sounds oh. kind of actually interesting. And, and there's wasps in it. Well, the, it turns yeah. out, it turns out that the murderer is actually a giant alien wasp that oh. can take the form of a human. Of course. So it, uh, yeah, and but at the same time, the unicorn is a uh, basically a cat burglar that's been uh, that's been rampaging around, stealing from all the rich people. Not a real unicorn. Not a real not, not, not an alien unicorn that can take human form. Okay. Um, and so people think that the unicorn that this burglar might be there and be the thing that's killing everybody. But of course, the doctor explains <laughs> yeah. this thing. So do they ever show the him in wasp form? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's yeah. it's not it's not bad. I mean, we're it's talking about good, a TV show. It's not as good as the Wasp Woman remake costume. <laughs> no, and it's definitely CG, and it yeah. looks like just a big flying wasp. Okay. Uh, not even all that alien looking, to be honest. Right. No, it just right. looks right. like a big paper wasp, basically. Yeah. Okay. And I believe that they're called uh, Vesper forms. Yeah, Vesper forms. And uh, in one of the later episodes where he goes to meet the Shadow Council, Shadow Proclamation, what are the, what are they called? Anyway, uh, there's actually a Vesper form there. So they have a little callback to the Unicorn and the Wasp oh. episode right. showing the aliens again. Reuse that costume? Or was it a costume? <laughs> or reuse the CG? Yeah. yeah, they might have even just used the exact same CG and just placed it over top. Who knows? Precisely. It's a good Save episode, except yeah. for when they actually reveal who the, the Vesper form is. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's four years old or so, so it's the priest, and he's like the, he becomes the vibrating vicar. Because he's like, you're going to put those yeah. zzz back. You know, all, he starts going zzz all the time. It, it gets a bit silly. Oh, it's the... The old Catwoman uh, syndrome, perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. he's kind of losing control, and and it's uh, it's a it's an over the top performance that's a bit now wrong. act more waspy. Yeah. No more yeah. waspy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, f- fair enough. You know, a person who is an alien wasp that, that took human form is a hard thing to figure out what it's supposed to actually be like. So <laughs> I go in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. And what would be the opposite direction? I don't know. I'd play it like a rhino, <laughs> or play it like a uh, tarantula, because the wasps go after them. I want to talk about Fallout New Vegas, the video game. Yeah, because uh-huh. yeah. in that uh, video game, they have giant tarantula hawks. Yeah, oh, which they call cazadors. My, the, they were my mm. least favorite enemy in all of Fallout New Vegas. Why? Because <laughs> such a difficult. pain in the butt. Yeah. My least favorite. I like them because they strike the fear into me. Uh, well, they're really hard to kill. But yeah. they're everywhere, as opposed to the the lizard guys that are yeah. everywhere and just are just annoying. I like them yeah. because they were entomologically accurate, except for the size, of course. But you know, they they yeah. looked just like real tarantula hawks. 
The only problem was badass. that the only yeah. problem was that once they sting you, it's like okay, they've stung me. Then you wander off, and all of a sudden, the sound of being poison damage. I was I almost jumped out of my skin the first time. Oh yeah, because uh, you keep taking you get poison, so you keep hmm. taking poison damage until either you die or it wears off, or you take some sort of antidote or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, and Cazador is Spanish for hunter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And they are so tough. Like my character became I, I, I when I played the game through a second time because my first time screwed up uh i played this uh melee character with like an awesome power fist and massive skill in it and i could walk up to things and just go and they would just fall down and die or maybe a couple of hits and these damn cazadors like were long drawn out poison filled annoying fights and they would just happen randomly like you'd be walking oh i'm gonna go up this hill and see what's up oh my god i'm surrounded by cazadors ah it's just like real life yeah I was and just, they're really hard to hit as well, yeah. Because I, they just fly and kind of yeah, they fly around in different directions. Yeah, yeah. I I was annoyed that the and game expected me to kill them rather than pat them and give them give them my companion oh, character yeah. for a food snack. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now you are my new follower, yeah. Invincible giant wasp. I would like that. <laughs> that would be good. And uh, their their um, creation was explained in the uh, big MT. Uh, expansion for Fallout New Vegas, mm-hmm. created by Dr. Boris in a DNA spli- splicing lab. All right. Oh, wait. I want to talk about Wasbinator. Transformers <laughs> Beast Wars. <laughs> Wasbinator. Oh, was a God. not very bright and easily intimidated flyer. His beast form is a wasp. He's a Decepticon. Okay, of course. <laughs> Wasbinator often refers to himself in the third person and generally has a gloomy outlook on his own life. <laughs> For good reason. Everybody uh-huh. treats him terribly. Yeah. <laughs> he is often shot at or damaged throughout the series by Maximals and Predacons alike. Right. That's why they're called Predacons, not yeah. uh, Decepticons. And later in the show's lifespan, this became a cartoony gimmick when that Waspinner was blown to bits in every episode. Yeah. Oh, he was like the precursor to Kenny from yeah, South Park. Exactly. <laughs> uh, postcursor. This was after, but yeah. Oh, okay. He had uh, a handheld gun, firing projectiles, which would explode on impact, and he could also fire poisonous barbs. Uh-huh. In Nemesis Part 1, Waspinator renounced his Predacon allegiance, claiming that he was sick of being a Predacon, sick of being evil, and sick of being blown to scrap. <laughs> Uh-huh. Ironically, this outburst led to him being blown to scrap. <laughs> he did not reappear until the very end of Nemesis Part 2, where he was being treated like a god by the humans, by the early humans, because uh, Beast Wars all happens on early Earth. Oh, like the, like dinosaur like, era kind of stuff. Yeah, with yeah. the like, kind of proto-humans mm-hmm. around. And, yeah. So you got worshipped like a god. god. Yeah. Ah. This never would have happened He's if he'd a... been a female wasp robot instead of a male one. You see, oh, the male yeah. ones are useless, yeah. even uh-huh. when they're robots. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Still, you know, he goes the uh, he goes the the god route. That's all right, you yeah, know. It's a ha- happy ending for Waspinator. <laughs> that's the silver lining to that cloud. Although Waspinator being a wasp, his happy ending would be injecting uh, eggs into your brain and having it remote control you. Mm-hmm. Mm, I need a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, "I hope I don't go crazy today." It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new and we'll have more gross facts for you 
And you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while undergoing buckyball therapy. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast, or email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening.